What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Elm Street. We are your hosts, Mark and Brooke. And this week we're doing my pick for February. We're still in February. It feels mm-hmm. like this month went longer than January did. I know. But anyways, uh, I decided to choose a little bit of a non-conventional horror movie. It's not even really horror, but Prime Video has a suspense tag on it, and IMDb had a thriller tag on it. So I figured <laughs> it's horror adjacent, and I'm going to pick it. Yeah. And that is No Country for Old Men from 2007. Yeah. Definitely uh, had a left field pick. <laughs> I mainly chose this movie, obviously, because of the antagonist that's in this. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a terrifying human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we'll dive a little bit more into that later on. Um, but yeah. we've talked about this movie a few times with our friend Dennis, uh, just kind of tidbits here and there. And I just, I don't know. I thought maybe it'd be a good one to do. Yeah. I mean, realistically, like we've done Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. That's not really horror in a mm-hmm. sense. Like kind of the same yeah, yeah. same sort of thing. But anyways, before we talk about this movie, we'll kick off our news and boo. <laughs> like what is it called again um all right anyways what are you drinking this week this week i'm drinking a rind ginger and i got some new whiskey i'm trying uh rifle rye okay yeah it's pretty good like how you even have the little spout on the top you got it man you got it fancy what are you drinking i am drinking flying monkeys Quantum Hugs Cold IPA. Nice. Is it cold? Uh, could be colder, but wow! All right, not warm. <laughs> That's good. Typical strong beer from Flying Monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Have you watched anything this week? Technically, not movies. Um, okay. I watched the the latest two South Park specials, so. They're like 48 minutes long, so... Yeah, short films. I guess one movie. Uh, but, yeah. Pretty funny. Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uneventful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't watched anything either. I, I got about halfway through the first episode of Avatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, tonight, before we started recording. Um, I was really excited for it, so I'm hoping that... They do it justice. Yeah. I know you never watched the anime. No, no. I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, other than that, been reading this week. You and I both got Helldivers 2, so we played that last night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I definitely want to really get into it more. Yeah, yeah, me too. But uh, yeah, all right. I guess on to the news. Yes, sir. I don't have much. Uh, we got a release date for the Killer Clowns from Outer Space video game. Nice. So 
it's coming out on June 4th, 2024. Excuse me. From what I've seen of it, it's like Friday the 13th game and like Dead by Daylight, that sort of thing. Yeah. A team of humans have to like accomplish a task in order to escape sort of thing. Um, we got a poster and a release date and a teaser trailer for the Borderlands movie. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the casting of this film? Uh, I don't mind it. I don't like Kevin Hart. Yeah. As that character. No. Because like in the game, he's like this big soldier. Mm -hmm. Like. Terry Crews. Yes, that would have been a much better <laughs> casting choice. <laughs> he has the humor for it. Yeah. He has the muscle for it. He has the anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Kate Blanchett and Jamie Lee Curtis being cast in this one either. They're too you know, the old. only re the only reason I don't mind Kate Blanchett is because she played Hella and Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. So like I don't know. Not it's the not... same comedy, but like Yeah. Yeah. It's not the fact that I don't like like the actresses. I do. Yeah. But yeah. it's just for the roles that they're playing, it just I don't know. To yeah. me, they don't fit. Yeah. But anyways, Jack Black's gonna be claptrap, so I'm super stoked about that. Um is there anything else? Um I have something. Okay. They just announced a House of a Thousand Corpses video game. Really? Yeah. And you play as uh, Captain Spaulding. Oh my god, that's perfect. Or he's in the game, at least that's what I saw. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that gonna be like a Dead by Daylight sort of game? I don't know, to be honest. Because that would work. Yeah. Pops up. When did you see that? Today? No, it was like other game. Other uh other day. Yeah, it's on Kickstarter right now. Sweet. Do you get any sweet perks if you donate to it? Uh, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it too much. Oh, never mind. It's not a video game. Sorry. It's a board game. Tabletop game. Oh, that's kind of cool still. Cooperative tabletop game. Huh. Hmm. That'd be fun. I may, uh, may join that. Yeah, because you're a big board game person. Mm-hmm. All right, do we have any 4Ks? Uh, there is a few, I think, that I saw. Alrighty, so we got um, The Last Castle. Never heard of it, but what? Stacked, um, stacked Cast. Such a good movie. Is it? Well, yeah. never heard of it. Uh, Leviathan, which I feel nice. like I have heard of that movie. Um, Paprika, don't know what it is, but I've definitely seen that cover before. Yeah, I think that's on the, the top 100 animated movies. I think Letterboxd. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Okay. Wait, is that the, that's not the new one, is it? No, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Darkman, which you like that movie, I think. Yeah, it's a good one. I've not seen it. Liam Neeson. Uh, that's pretty cool. Steelbook. And... The Heroic Trio slash Executioners hmm. on Criterion. Uh, no idea what that is, but I like Michelle Yeoh, so I don't know. Looks cool. Yeah, that's it. Cool. All right. You got me questioning, is that 
Beverly Hills Cop? No. There was three. Must be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the new one's not even out yet. Hmm. All right. Ready to cue the music and dive into this movie? Yes, sir. Like we said in the intro this week, we are talking about No Country for Old Men from 2007. Starting with the synopsis, violence and mayhem ensue after a hunter stumbles upon the aftermath of a drug deal gone wrong and over $2 million in cash near the Rio Grande. Now, keep in mind, this movie took place in 1980, so $2 million is a lot of money. Yeah. It didn't really look like $2 million in that little case. No. <laughs> and like some of them were like ones. I was like, that? yeah, because it had the, the band on it and said 10,000. Like yeah. a lot of ones in that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was directed by the Coen brothers who have directed your favorite movie, the big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Um, they did Oh brother. Where art thou? The lady killers, Fargo, pale Caesar, true Git, grit and inside Lewin Davis among a few others. Uh, the cast is pretty fucking stacked. Yeah. We have Tommy Lee Jones playing Ed Tom Bell. I always yeah. got to laugh out of anytime someone would say his name. Ed, Ed Tom. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Javier Bardem plays Anton. Josh Brolin plays Llewellyn Moss. Uh, and Woody Harrelson plays Carson Wells. Llewellyn. Llewellyn. <laughs> I have one honorable mention. Wow, just one. Okay. I, well, got, like, I yeah. got like four. I was saving some for you because I don't want to oh, take okay. them all. Thanks, man. So my one is Stephen Root. Yes. And he is credited as the man who hires Wells. <laughs> uh, and he plays Milton in Office Space. Mm-hmm. And he has a couple of other big roles as well but uh yeah yeah milton is probably one of my favorites yeah yeah he's really good in the show barry yeah he's yeah. good in that all right who are yours Actually, i'm gonna save this guy because i had to scroll down to the very end to find his name okay but i didn't realize he was in this until like i just watched this movie last two years ago um but the boy on the bike wonder if you recognized him. One of the boys on the bike was Caleb Landry Jones. Oh, was it? Who, if you don't know his name, is uh, the guy from Get Out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Very young in this in this uh, yeah. role, obviously. Um, we had, I can never remember his name, Barry Corbin, or most notably, for me at least, uh, Whitey from One Tree Hill. Yep. He was looking um, rough in this movie. <laughs> he was, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kelly McDonald, who plays uh, 
Carla, Carla yeah. Jean Moss. <laughs> um, she's most notable from uh, Boardwalk Empire. Okay, I haven't yeah. watched that. Oh man, it's so good. And she's the princess from Brave as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, where is this? Fuck sakes. There's a bit of trivia. I need to find it because it blew my mind. Oh, here it is. So, Woody Harrelson's in this movie. Yeah. In the novel, Sheriff Bell says of the dope dealers, here a while back in San Antonio, they shot and killed a federal judge. Cormac McCarthy set the story in 1980. In 1979, federal judge John Howland Wood was shot and killed in San Antonio by Texas freelance contract killer Charles Harrison, who is the father of Woody Harrelson. What? Woody Harrelson's father was a freelance contract killer. What the fuck? That fucking blew my mind, man. Was he hired for this movie because of that? I don't know. But like, I read that and I was like, what the fuck? And like, I looked into it. I was like, holy shit. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Pretty fucking nuts. Uh, Uh, Another. I'll go ahead. You go. I was just going to say, I actually just started listening to the audio book of this. Yeah. This book. Um, I've only just got up to the part. Um, I think Llewellyn's about to get to the hotel okay. for the first time. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's good so far. Nice. I do like Cormac McCarthy, so I want to check this book out. About what were you gonna say? One other thing I was gonna say. So, according to a January 2018 article in Business Insider. A group of psychiatrists studied 400 movies and identified 126 psychopathic characters. They chose Javier Bardem's portrayal of Anton Chigger as the most clinically accurate portrayal of a psychopath. I believe it. I believe it too. Yeah. Some of these scenes, man, he was so chilling. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Terrifying. Yeah. But he did such a good job. Yeah. We'll talk more about that later. Did he win? I know this movie won a lot of awards. Um, yes, he won Best Supporting Actor, I believe. Yeah, because I think he was the first Spanish person to win it. Yeah, it won uh, Best Pic- Motion Picture of the Year, Best Performance by an Actor or Supporting Role, Best Achievement in Directing, and Best Writing Slash Adapted a Screenplay. Yeah. And then also got nominated for four other awards. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the trivia here. So Bardem became the first Spanish actor to win best actor in a supporting role at the Academy Awards, the SAG Awards, the BAFTA Awards, the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice Awards. Yeah. So he like ran the table with this role. And deservedly so. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else we talk about this now? Um, yes. Yes. Sorry, I was just looking something up, but I couldn't find it. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Roger Deakins uh, did the cinematography for this movie, and he's like one of the most well-known cinematographers. And it, it didn't win Best Cinematography this year, so I was trying to see who it lost to, but 
yeah, cinematography in this movie is crazy too. Um, I agree. Yeah, there, a lot of the shots are pretty, yeah, pretty awesome. But uh, anyway, so the movie is mostly narrated by uh, Ed Tom. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the story is really about his character, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Like it's not the forefront of the movie, but like it's about his career kind of <laughs> a bit, mm-hmm. right? In a sense, yeah, it's it's almost like a like there's two plots to the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even want to consider one a subplot because they kind of run uh, parallel with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Ed Tom, he sounds exactly like the narrator of the book that I'm listening to. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's it's, cool. It's good. Yeah. Uh but yeah, the movie opens up. Um, Ed is narrating, and then we see a man get pulled over and handcuffed by a cop uh put into the the cop car and in handcuffs and the cop puts in the passenger seat some sort of contraption of uh was like an oxygen oxygen tank and yeah uh, it's a hose <laughs> you really don't know what it is and yeah just this whole opening scene like man it just gets you right into it like just gets right into the movie and like it's it this movie is pretty much what i've listened to so far like it is like pretty nose to nose of exactly what happens okay in the book um and the cop is like on the phone talking to his sheriff i don't know if he's talking to ed tom maybe on the phone um but in the background like you see our guy anton is in handcuffs it's kind of blurred out and you see just in the background, he just stands up, puts his hands under his legs, brings his handcuffs up in front of him, walks over, and the cops on the phone's like, yeah, I'll take care of it, and just fucking grabs him and chokes him out and <laughs> brings him to the, the floor and just chokes him so fucking hard, he just slices an artery. Yeah. Yeah, blood starts spraying everywhere. Yeah. And he goes into the bathroom after and he, he was like you said, he was pulling so hard, but like um his wrists all around his wrists were all cut to shit from mm-hmm. the handcuffs. Like that's how hard he was pulling on this guy. Yeah. Uh and a boy looks like he just came out of the Beatles or something. That haircut. <laughs> He's got quite the haircut. <laughs> he does. Uh, I think this would be a plot takes place in like what the eighties? Yeah. Yeah. Uh and uh our boy Anton, he takes a cop car, just casually pulls over another man gets out and the guy's like look in the mirror like kind of like what the hell just Anton gets out with his I don't even know what to call it uh his weapon of yeah. choice goes up to the cop and the way he talks like makes him so much scarier more like mm. intimidating he's so he, like stoic and emotionless and he just has like one tone yeah throughout the movie doesn't matter if he's been shot, it doesn't matter whatever, right? He literally talks like he's just dead inside. Yeah. It's just like a body yeah. walking around. And like he just says, the guy's like, what can I do for you? And he's like, get out of the car, please. And the guy's like, uh, why? Like, what's what's that thing you got there? Please get out of the car. <laughs> just gets out and just takes the thing. Puts it up to the guy's head. The guy doesn't know what's happening. 
and then just like pulls the trigger and just boom right in his head and uh and the book was a little bit different he was um he kind of talked while this was happening he like in the book he made the guy go around to the side of the road and he's like well why are we going over here and kills him he's like i didn't want to get blood on the car <laughs> but man like his weapon or weapons he has in this movie Mm -hmm. are awesome so this one that he carries around it's like uh one of those like stun gun things that they use for cattle and like sheep so we saw it in it yeah just like a different version like in it it's like a handgun sort of thing yeah but in this yeah it's hooked up to this big oxygen tank and it like just shoots out like a a metal prod and then it shoots back in Yeah, it's like, I don't know, a couple inches long. Yeah, so he Yeah. just, like, shoots it into their brain, and he Yeah. uses it to, like, blow out the fucking locks and doors and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it's a really versatile sort of thing, and it leaves no uh, evidence. Yeah. Like, there's no bullet casings, there's no nothing. No. So it's a clean, clean weapon. I mean, like, if I was going to be killed by any killer, like, I'd rather that just instantaneous, Yeah. right? Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, meanwhile, we do meet our protagonist, uh, Llewellyn Moss. Um, he's doing some hunting. Uh, there's like a dog that's like hurt running away. And then he goes to another mountainside and sees a bunch of trucks and dead guys. And I guess he makes the decision that probably would have saved his life, you know. Just goes and investigates. And he was like an ex veteran in the army and stuff like that i don't know if he was a cop as well that worked with uh ed tom um i don't think so but uh yeah he goes and investigates all these trucks one of them is still alive doesn't really speak much english has a whole bunch of drugs you kind of like pick up that like it was a drug deal gone bad um and then he finds a man by a tree finds the the case with all the money in it And Llewellyn is very smart as well. Like, he knows. Like, when he gets up to the tree, sees the guy laying there. He can't really see too much of him, but he, like, pulls out his watch. He's like, okay, I'm going to time. So he, like, waits to see if anything happens and goes up there. The guy's dead. Um, but, yeah. And he gets to the trailer park. He meets his wife, uh, Carla Jean. And... Uh, <laughs> I love her like accent that she uses, like yeah Oh, Llewellyn. <laughs> I love her like accent that she uses, like, oh, Llewellyn. <laughs> and uh, the next morning he decides that like Okay, I gotta do something probably stupid, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Brings some water to the dead guy
And then we meet uh, Anton again. He is pulls up to the gas station, and possibly one of like my favorite scenes. Like, such a good scene. Not only this movie, but just he's so good in this scene. Just like I don't man, he has no emotions, and like we already said, like he's just he's a killer, man. Yeah, but he's like he's kind of like Two Face, right? Yeah. Because he's just sitting at this counter and just eating his fucking cashews or whatever. And <laughs> the guy's like asking him questions, old man. And then Anton is just like, he's asking like weird questions. And then the guy's like, oh, you know, I got to uh, close shop now. And it's like the afternoon probably. Mm -hmm. And Anton's just like, close shop. Like, what do you mean? He's like, what time do you close? Well, I close now. Yeah. Now is not a time. What time do you close? <laughs> uh, usually after dark. And it just like goes on and on. And the guy keeps saying, like, uh, excuse me, sir, like what? And Anton's just like, Did you not hear what I said? <laughs> <laughs> you can tell he's getting so frustrated. Yeah. But he yeah. just like he keeps the calm composure. Mm -hmm. It's just so creepy. I really enjoy the scene too. But yeah. Cause then he asks like is that your house? Do you like live behind there? Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, yeah, it is. And he's, Anton says, uh, you've lived there your whole life. And he's like, no, I, um, it's my wife's father's uh, place. Oh, so you married into for money or property. He's like, no, no, I didn't. And then he's got the convo. And then he's like, what time do you go to bed at? <laughs> and the guy's like, excuse me. <laughs> what time do you go to bed? <laughs> uh, about uh, 9.30. Okay, I'll come back then. Well, well, why would you need to come back then? We'll be closed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's just so funny, but also, like, so scary, man. Mm -hmm. And he basically puts the fate of this guy in his own hands, because like you said, he's like Two-Face, right? So he flips a coin. And he tells him to call it. Yeah. The guy's like, I'm not going to call it. He's like, well, you have to. And it's just like another back and forth. of like, why do I have to? Yeah. And, it's, and then he finally calls it and he gets it right. So then Anton just yeah. walks out. Mm -hmm. I love whenever Anton asks him, like, he's just like, oh, what does he say? Like, what's the most you've seen a man lose on a coin toss or something? Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, I don't know. And the guy... He's he's only got to call it, and the guy's like, "Well, no, what what's at stake?" And Anton's just like everything, mm -hmm. and the guy has no idea. Like Anton is talking about his life, right? Yeah. And then he wins the thing, and he's about to put it in the cash register, <laughs> and now Anton's just like, "No, don't put it there. <laughs> it's your lucky coin." Yeah. Well, I'll. Uh, where should I put it? <laughs> he's like, then he goes on about like when the coin was made and oh man, and it's like 1958. And yeah, Anton's just like, that's how long the coin has been taken to get to this spot. He's just, just like me. And like, man, just the words and like the dialogue mm -hmm. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Llewellyn is going to 
Odessa, that's where uh, Carla Jean's mom lives. Um, he doesn't exactly tell Carla like what is going on with him. She doesn't really ask too many questions, but uh, yeah. So he sends her off to Odessa. Uh, Anton is at the site with, I don't know who's involved, but I, these aren't like the Mexican cartel. I think these are like the American, I don't know, mobsters or something like that. Yeah, there was some. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't getting like a huge grasp on. I wasn't even really getting a huge grasp on grasp on like who Anton was. Yeah, Like, I just is know he that cartel? he's Like, who he's is just he? a stone cold killer, honestly. Yeah, Like, but he like, must be some sort of, like, gun for hire, mm -hmm. right? and like he was obviously somewhat involved with the drug deal and all that shit. Because he knows where the money, like, what the money is and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but these guys bring Anton there, um, and, like, Anton notices that the Llewellyn's truck, he, like, takes off the... the ID of the truck, whatever it is, right? And uh, they get down there and, like, oh, it's, like, dead dog. Like, the deal must have gone bad. And then they give uh, Anton this, like, tracker receiver saying that, like, oh, this will track the money to the, the case. Mm -hmm. And then Anton just fucking shoots both of them. <laughs> Doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, And that's with his fucking sick ass shotgun that he has. Dude, that shotgun, that's crazy. It's got like this massive silencer on it. I love the way it sounds. Oh, yeah. It's just like, whoop. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so cool. Yeah. And it's like, uh, almost like a, like an automatic shotgun. He's able to, not like fully auto, but he's able to shoot it like really quick. Uh, so the next morning, Ed is there. He's kind of investigating what's going on. Uh, Anton's car is on fire. Anton ends up showing up at Llewellyn's. Uh, like you said, he like can open up doors just by blowing out the locks of it. And just the way he goes about things is so creepy and stuff. Like just walks in, looking around, goes to like the fridge, takes out a fucking jug of milk just sits down at the tv and like i love like the shot or whenever the camera flips around and you just see anton in like the reflection of the tv and he's just like stay standing there like yeah just not doing anything at all like you know look get looks opens up the telephone bill like gets all the numbers from that um and then anton goes into kind of because the trailer park he lives at so um he goes into like kind of the landlord or head office and asks like where Llewellyn is and she says oh he must be at work and he's like well where does he work and she's like well we can't give away uh info or residence and Anton is where does he work and then she kind of like she gets in there with him right she's like not backing down she's Yeah. like sir I can't did you not hear what I said I can't you know tell you and then you kind of hear someone else coming out from the office. And I think Anton was going to kill her. Like if there wasn't someone else there, he, like he had that look in his eye, like how to kind of smirk on his face. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get this information out of you one way or another.
Um, Ed shows up at Llewellyn's just after Anton left. Um, yeah, they don't know exactly what they're looking for. They think like Llewellyn has something to do with the the drug deal. Mm -hmm. But I love the little uh, thing that with Ed, Ed Tom and the other, I think Wendell is his name. Yeah. And Wendell's like, well, Ed Tom, we got to call this in. And Ed Tom's just like, yeah, we're going to send a radio for a guy who just drank milk. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tommy Lee Jones, man. Yeah. He's, he has such a dry sense of humor and it's so funny. Mm. Uh, I love the, the scene with uh, Llewellyn at the hotel and whenever like um, Anton shows up, like mm -hmm. Llewellyn is, he doesn't know there's a tracker in the suitcase, but he's still like trying to be secretive and like stay, stay like under the radar. Yeah. Um. So he hides the suitcase in the vent. He like ties string to it and hides it like in the vent to like the other rooms um and then anton is on his way to del rio because he kind of figures out that he's going there from the, like the, the the phone bill mm -hmm. um ed finds out about like the kill of the guy in the highway wendell tells him like oh like they didn't find any bullet casings like it wasn't a bullet that killed him and ed tom's just like well that doesn't make any damn sense <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say the scene before Llewellyn gets to the hotel. I really like too, because he's in the uh, like a sporting goods store. Mm -hmm. He's in Texas, so he walks up to the counter. He's like, "Yeah, I need a gun." Yeah. Guy sells him a gun. He's like, "Yeah, I need a bunch of ammo." Sells him a bunch of ammo. No questions yeah. asked. I know that it's still like this in some parts of the states, but like up mm -hmm. here, that shit ain't happening. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't just go and be like, "Yeah, here you go." Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he buys a gun and then he goes over to like the camping section and he says to the guy, there's like this conversation. The guy's like, You want tent poles? He's yeah. like, Yep. Yeah. He's like, Well, like, you need a tent. Like, no, I already got one. You got a tent with no tent poles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Well, how many tent poles? Do or, and Llewellyn's just like, Just sell me a tent then. He's like, Well, what size of tent do you want? He's yeah. like the one with the most tent poles available. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The guy's like, well, if you give me the, the make and model of your tent, I can order the poles for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good. Um, I love like the sawed off shotgun that mm -hmm. uh, Llewellyn makes. Yeah. Um, And then he like gets another room. He goes up to the girl and he's like, uh, I like to uh, get another room. She's like, why you want to leave? your room for another one he's like no i want to get another room he's like can i see the map and she's like yeah they got one and so he looks at the map to where his room is and uh he picks the one like adjacent to his all the vents the vents like connect to each other right and um yeah so he gets another room he gets the uh case from the vent and then um anton shows up he's like going down the street and then the, the receiver goes off so he ends up finding the room he's in um i was kind of confused about this scene so the guys he finds in the room was that the room that Llewellyn was in 
I was kind of confused by that too, but what I think it was is because he had the tent or the the package in the vents. So I'm wondering if the vent, like where it was sitting in the vents, was in that room, like above that room. Because mm. he was in like room 38, let's just say. Yeah. And the other room that he rented was like 138. So it was like yeah. at the back of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if like these guys were in like room 39 or something like that. And like just but where it, it was like, sitting. It looked like whenever Anton took like the, the thing off the wall. You could see the the imprints oh, yeah, that's right too. of where the case was. Yeah, that's right too. So maybe these guys were following Llewellyn and found the room he was in, but he had left maybe. to the other room, maybe. So they were just chilling in there. <laughs> but, I don't know. Yeah, but maybe. I love this scene too. Yeah. Uh, Anton just gets in. Well, this is where we first see his shotgun, right? Mm -hmm. But he gets in, blows the guy in the bed. Guy opens the door shoots him and i love he just like walks in slowly and he's he look in the mirror and the mirror's like all broken and you see like a guy's hand in the bathtub and he turns the guy's like fucking scared shitless and <laughs> he's like no no like please i didn't say anything you know to do this and i don't know does anton say anything to him he asked him where he found that but i don't know what he was talking about probably the suitcase yeah, but the guy doesn't have the suitcase but I think because he looked. Oh, because he thinks that they would have it. Yeah. But I love that he just like closes the curtain. Just <laughs> shoots in just the blood off man. It's yeah. so good. Um, yeah. And then Llewellyn gets the fuck out of there. Because <laughs> yeah. he can hear the kind of the gunshots going off. And um, yeah, he gets he gets out of there. Uh, then we get a scene of. Uh, man who hires Wells <laughs> <laughs> talking to Wells and asking him about Anton like the last time he saw Anton because Anton or Wells he's a DA, DEA agent right? Something like that yeah. Yeah. So Wells was the one that was behind the drug deal. Like he's the one that put the tracker in the money I think. And so he's hiring Wells to find anton because he does he think that anton has no he doesn't wells fine it's trying to find llewellyn mm -hmm. but they know that anton is going after him yeah somehow like somehow everybody knows that this shit's happening yeah i don't know how maybe it explains it in the book you'll find out yeah um so llewellyn has to get in a different hotel uh he pays the uh the front clerk some extra money he says i'm not getting to do anything illegal but there's someone looking for me it's not the cops yeah but if someone calls or checks in call it to my room and let me know so gets up into his room and he he's laying in bed trying to go to sleep and then he's just like ah, something's not right he's like there's no way that they knew so he thinks there's a tracker in it. So he's like looking all around it, looks in it, and then finally finds the tracker. And I love that he like is looking at it for like a few minutes, and then here's like kind of like a, a scuffle in the in the building, and just like puts the tracker down. It's still like beeping, 
And like the intensity of like some of the scenes in this movie were so well directed. Because mm-hmm. like the room's dark, you see Llewellyn pick up a shotgun, kind of cock it. And then the camera pans over to like a tracker, the red light beeping, and you hear like footsteps at the door, and then like a black kind of uh shadow. And then the shadow leaves and then comes back. And I love the when he shoots the lockout, just like smashes him in the chest and just like, <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. Uh shoots the the door and then pops at the window. Um I like that Llewellyn just goes right back into the hotel. Yeah, I thought like, I was like, wow, that's fucking ballsy. <laughs> like it's kind of smart, but also yeah. like, wow. Yeah, he jumps out the window and Anton tries to shoot him mm-hmm. after he jumps out. I think he does does he graze him here? Or is that no, when he's running outside. Right, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he runs back into the hotel, makes sure that Anton's not like coming down the stairs, and then runs out the back of the hotel. Yeah. And goes down this alley. Yeah. And that's when Anton kind of grazes him in his in his side. Yeah. And uh so then Llewellyn is, you know, he's hurt, he's running away from him, and then he sees a truck pull up in the middle of the road, and Llewellyn gets in the guy's truck and is like, I'm not gonna hurt you. And then all of a sudden the guy gets fucking shot. It's like, Jesus Christ, what a unlucky son of a bitch. <laughs> So Lowen's like driving away, crashes the truck, and then hides behind a car. And uh, Anton comes out looking for him. And Llewellyn comes out, shoots, but Anton dives out of the way, gets away. But Anton ends up getting shot in the leg um, from Llewellyn. And at this point, Llewellyn is. I don't know what his plan is. If he's trying to, like, because he throws the money away, right? It doesn't yeah. have the tracker. It's like, does he think that, like, if I get rid of this money, then, like, he won't come after me anymore? Like, what do you think his thought process is? Could be that. Or if he he could use it as leverage, like, I know where the money is, so you can't kill me. Yeah. And if you don't kill me, then I'll show you where it is sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but he tosses it in, like, a bush between, well, it's, like, just past the U.S. border. And man, these like checkpoints are crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, do you just like walk back and forth between the borders, like without really any passport or like ID or anything? That's <laughs> crazy. This was the eighties, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I love times uh, have changed. Yeah, I love the Welling. Like, is like clearly in pain. These like three American guys are like there, and it, and he has like the money at this point. Mm-hmm. The guys kind of stop and like look at him, like, and is this guy okay? And Owen's like, I'll give you 500 bucks for your coat. Guy's like, Okay, I see the money. It's like, How is them like fucking beat the fuck out of this guy and take his money? <laughs> but uh, apparently, the 80s, which was way nicer than it is nowadays. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he tosses the money over the fence. Uh, uh, so the next day, um, Anton is at uh, a pharmacy. And I really love this scene as well. Uh, he's shot in the leg. He needs some supplies. So he has to make a diversion. So he meticulously makes this explosion in a, a gas tank of a car with some cotton swabs and a uh, piece of fabric. And <laughs> I love this scene, man. He just like 
casually lights it on fire, walks into the pharmacy, is just like walking and like limping, mm-hmm. and then just like boom, and everyone is like fucking oh shit, and he just keeps like walking <laughs> on back like it's nothing. Yeah, it's kind of like reminiscent of that scene in The Dark Knight whenever Joker blows up the the hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like how he walks away from it. Yeah, so he fixes himself up nice. He's got a nice gunshot wound. I think he goes back to the hotel, too. Or to a hotel. That's after. Yeah, but he goes and patches himself up in the hotel. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So our boy Wells, he ends up finding Llewellyn in the hospital. He checked himself in or had some... uh, Bands? The guys with the guitars and the... Oh, mariachi band. Mariachi band, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, They bring him to the hospital and... Wells is there visiting him and, you know, asking him about Anton and the case and all that stuff. Um, and Llewellyn does end up telling Wells where the case is. I like this scene, too, because, like, Wells is explaining who Anton is to him, but he doesn't know that uh, Llewellyn has been, like, face-to-face with him kind of thing. Yeah. And he tells him that, and, he's, and Wells is like, Oh, and you're still alive? Like, yeah, that's rare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then meanwhile, Ed is meeting with Carla Jean, kind of asking her about Llewellyn, saying like he's in a bunch of trouble. And does Ed Tom know about Anton at this point? Yeah, I think he knows that Anton's chasing after him. Yeah, because he doesn't tell Carla Jean about like what exactly is happening. But he goes on this story about explaining the um, the the weapon that uh, Anton is using about like steers and all that stuff, and she's just like, "Why are you telling me this?" And he's just like, "Uh, my mind waters sometimes." Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Wells is out looking for the case. He ends up finding it. Um, he goes back to the hotel, and like this scene is so good too. Like. He's just walking out the case, and then you see Anton just come around the stairs, like, you know, walking up, like, do-do-do-do, with his fucking shotgun in hand, and yeah. Wells, like, is walking up, and he kind of knows at this point, like, ah, fuck. <laughs> Turns around and sees Anton, and he's like, you know, oh, hey, Anton, and Anton's like, let's go up to your room, Wells, and, like, they have some sort of relationship <laughs> together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but this scene with uh with Wells and Anton is so good too. Yeah, you can tell that Wells is about to shit his pants. Oh yeah, like he's scared as fuck, man. <laughs> he's keeping his composure, but yeah, he's scared a little out of bit. his mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Wells, you know, basically saying like you don't have to do this. Um, I know where the case is. He didn't get. So he didn't get the case. Yeah, he left the case there, right? Yeah. But he went uh, and saw it. Like he yeah. put eyes on it. You know, he tells um Anton, like, you don't have to kill me. Like, I know where the money is. And Anton's like, okay, like, whatever. And Wells is like, I can take you to an ATM and there's, you know, fourteen thousand dollars there. I love Anton just like laughs. <laughs> ATM? <laughs> like, <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. And then it just fucking blows them out of nowhere. Just, yeah. Oh, man. 
I love this the shot too because the shot is like behind Wells's chair, mm -hmm. like off to the side a little bit, so you can see Anton on the other side, and then he just like doesn't even move. He just like fires the gun. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then Llewellyn calls the room, or is calling the room whenever he kills him. And I love Anton picks up the phone, is talking to Llewellyn, and Llewellyn is you know saying. Uh, I don't have the money. Like I know where the case is, and I love during the conversation. Like the camera looks at the floor, and you see the blood coming from him. Uh, Wells, yeah. and Anton just lifts off his feet to not get his feet bloody. Yeah, that's oh, so good. And at this point, um, Anton doesn't believe that Llewellyn threw the case away. Like he thinks Llewellyn still has the money. Yeah. Um, and he knows where Carla Jean is, so he tells Llewellyn, like, you know, I'll give you one last kind of thing, like proposition. Um, if you bring the money, then I'll let your your wife live, mm -hmm. but you can't save yourself. Yeah. And Llewellyn's like trying to tell him, like, I don't have the money, I threw it away. And you know, Anton doesn't really believe him, you know. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, so Llewellyn does get end up getting the case. Um and but meanwhile Anton is at uh <laughs> man who hires Wells, <laughs> his <laughs> office. Uh just in a mid-meeting with some guy, actually the accountant. Yeah. Just walks in, just fires the shotgun, kills kills him, and He's like facing away from the accountant. The accountant stands up and the guy's just like, Are you going to shoot me? And then, then uh Anton just turns around and it's just like, Well, that depends. Do you see me? And just kind of like smiles a little bit. Yeah. And then just goes to the next scene. Mm -hmm. It's like, ah man, it's so good. You don't know if he <laughs> killed him or not, but yeah. Um Oh, we uh little scene we get to with uh Anton at the side of the road. He's switching trucks again. Um, guy pulls up with a bunch of chickens and about to give him a boost. And he always kills the nicest guys, man. This guy was so nice. <laughs> you know, Anton's asking him like, if you were to take a take a flight to wherever from here, where would you go? Guys, like, well. I mean, that depends. Uh, where are you going? He's like, oh, anywhere. He's like, well, there's an airstrip here and an airport there. And he hands up, he hooks up his uh, his boosters to his truck, and he's mm -hmm. like, hand them, trying to hand them to Anton. And you're not gonna hook yourself up. And then Anton is just like, can you get those chickens out of your <laughs> your truck? <laughs> just like and, mid conversation. Yeah. Guys, like, what the hell are you talking about? The next scene just cuts to him washing the truck with the chicken fellers. <laughs> so good, man. Oh. Um, yeah. So, Ed Tom is in, I think, Odessa now, right? Uh, he's somewhere. Yeah. Or El, pa El Paso now. Yeah. But anyway, Cause, he's. Because oh, Carla yeah. Jean's in El Paso. Oh, okay. Okay. They went to Odessa. Odessa. They took a bus to Odessa 
to fly to El Paso. Oh, I think okay. is what it was. But anyway, Ed Tom is in this town and he hears some like gunshots and machine guns and sees some guys in a truck um, drive off. And I think it was the same guys from the beginning of the movie that were running down Llewellyn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he pulls up to the hotel and just chaos everywhere, dead bodies everywhere. And then poor Llewellyn's in the hotel room with the, the is the case there with them? I think it is, right? Not sure. But yeah, anyway. I don't think we see the, the case for the rest of the movie after no, we this, don't. do we? No, yeah. no. Uh, and then, yeah. So our boy Llewellyn, he didn't make it. Um, he got killed. And then we get a little scene with Ed Tom talking to the sheriff, I believe, of this town. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff is like telling him about a killer in the past who like went back to the crime scene. And uh, Ed Tom like is kind of like thinking because they think that it was uh, Anton that killed Llewellyn. But I think Ed Tom kind of knows that it wasn't him. So later that night, he goes back to the hotel. And... um, The door lock's blown out. Yeah. And you do see Anton there, I think. Or he's in another hotel room, maybe the next hotel room over. No, he's in that one. Is he? Yeah. Because I was kind of confused by by this scene, because it's like... Ed Tom is looking through the hotel room. He sits on the bed and looks to the left, and like the vent is open. And you see Anton's coin there, right? Mm-hmm. But the vent is like a little hole. Yeah. So what was in the vent? Yeah, I don't know. Was it money? Or maybe he opened up the the grate to mm-hmm. see if the money was in there. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, and then yeah. he opened it up and realized that it wouldn't have been in there because it was just a yeah. small... Mm-hmm. It almost looked like a dryer vent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the next day we get Ed Tom. He goes to uh, Ellis's house. He was... I don't know exactly who he is. His uncle. Oh, uncle. Okay. Um. Yeah, these are like a couple scenes that kind of do lose me a bit in the movie. Like, I don't know if they were necessarily needed. Like, because they're not really like talking about well for me like anything really important like towards the story right i feel like these scenes are probably more elaborated in the book Mm -hmm. and they probably mean more in the book yeah so maybe the coen brothers felt like something from that had to be put into it Mm -hmm. yeah maybe we see that uh carla jean's mom had died she actually did have cancer does mention it um carla jean ends up going back home and she like, gets a cup of tea, is like sitting in the thing. She sees like the window open, and then she like goes in a room, and just Anton's just sitting there. And the co- the phone conversation that uh, he had with Llewellyn, you know, he says like, "I'm gonna go kill your wife. Like I'm promising you that I'm gonna kill her unless you give me the money." And so she's like sitting down, and she kind of knows why he's there. She says, like, you don't have to do this. And Anton is just like kind of laughs. He's like, you know, they always say that. And she's like, What? You don't have to do this. She's like, Well, you don't 
And he's like, I do. I pro I made a word to your husband. And she's like, doesn't make any sense. Like, you made a word to my husband. And then he brings up the coin. He is like, okay, I'll give you one chance. And he's like, call it. And she just says, no, I'm not going to call it. And he's just call it. <laughs> and she's just like, no, because the chance isn't a coin. Like, it's your decision. Like, you're the one that can do it. And then just cuts to the front of the house, see Anton come out, lean up against the, the, the door, and then check his shoes. And just that little, like, thing, you know that he killed her, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, because he never wants to get the blood on his shoes or on him at all, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he is driving away, and then he ends up getting uh, T-boned. Fucking nuts. <laughs> uh, he gets hit, just... The other guy's dead in the car. <laughs> he gets out, is like hobbling over, sits down, two boys on bikes come up, and his fucking arm is fucked. He got a big bone sticking out. Yeah. And the kid's just like, Sir, you got a big, you got your bone sticking out of your arm. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, uh, Give me your kind of your shirt. Like, here's some money. And they're like, Oh, the ambulance is coming. And he's like, I was never here. I left before, you know, you got here. So he like goes hobbles off. And then, um, yeah, it just cuts to Ed Tom back at his home. And it's his first day as being a retiree. And, you know, he's just like with his wife. He's like, you know, I think I'm going to go out for a, a horse ride. She's like, okay, you do that. And he's like, you want to come with me? She's like, no, I'm not retired. He's like, okay. Maybe I'll stay here and help you clean up. Clean. He's like, nah, nah, I don't want that. <laughs> She's already fed up with him being retired. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, that's pretty much the end of the movie. He talks about two dreams that he's had, too. Mm. And they both involved his dad. And he mentions in the first dream that he lost some money that his father gave him. And the second dream, him and his dad were riding horses. And his father went up ahead to go make a fire. And then mm. Bell knew that whenever he got there, his father would be waiting for him. But I don't know the significance of this final scene. Yeah. Again, I feel like this is one that might elaborate more in the book. Yeah. But like whenever it ended, I was just like, hmm, that's mm. it, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I even rewound rewound the movie to go back and like listen to the whole thing again to see if there's like mm -hmm. something that I missed or that I need yeah. to pick up on. No. Just mm -hmm. him talking about these two dreams that he had. Yeah. So I don't know if there's some sort of like subliminal messaging in that or what, but mm -hmm. all, right. all right. Well, anything else you wanted to mention or talk about? There was something that I remembered while we were talking, but I forgot about it now. So Okay. All right. No, I'm good. Fair enough. All right. Well, that's the way the blood splatters. All right. How did you rate this movie? Uh, so when I watched it a year and a half ago, I did give it like a perfect score. But this time, not so perfect. Um, so my story gave it a 9 out of 10. Um, I do like the story of kind of... Uh, 
you know, Llewellyn kind of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, a lot of character building and character development and stuff like that. I love the characters in this, in this movie. Um, but I feel like Ed's portions of it was kind of like a bit too slow for me. Like took me out of it a bit, like kind of not boring, but like, I just wasn't invested in his story. I didn't get what they were trying to portray with Ed Tom's story. Mm -hmm. Um, but like the writing, the dialogue was a little fantastic. Uh, yeah, so 9 out of 10. Okay. And the quality gave a 10 out of 10. I think this is, like, one of the best movies ever made. Um, just the cinematography, the acting, I think, is really good from everyone across the board. Um, the, just the intensity of the, the scenes and the build-up and the sound design. I just think this is, from a quality standpoint, perfect movie. Nine out of right. ten and ten. Um, for my story, I give it a seven out of ten. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's too low or not, but um, there was just like yeah, like how you mentioned, there's a lot of it that kind of took me out of the movie, um, and I feel like it was kind of choppy. Mm -hmm. Like this is a two-hour movie. I always thought this was a longer movie. Me too. But it's yeah. two hours. Um. I feel like it could have benefited from a little bit more. So if we get like maybe some different transition pieces mm -hmm. rather than it just like cutting from like yeah. one scene to a completely different scene. Um, Cause you kind of lose, I feel like you lose a little bit of the story and like what's going on. And like, it wasn't really explained. I don't think too much like who Anton was, like mm -hmm. who was he in this grand scheme of things. And, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. But like you said, like the script was amazing and the character development and everything like that was really good. Like that aspect of it was awesome. But I just feel like mm. we're you just kinda, like missing. You, you kind of like lose momentum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just sort of, yeah, there's some missing pieces. Um, Quality, I also gave it a 10 out of 10 though. Um, Yeah, like everything that you mentioned, I can mirror. Like the acting yeah. is amazing. All the characters are so fucking good. Mm -hmm. uh like there's a weird mix of like comedy mm -hmm. but it's like very dry humor yeah um and it just i don't know i thought it was really funny at some points uh the character of anton was just absolutely chilling and terrifying um and i just yeah i think bardem did an amazing job with that character yeah uh so yeah i mean my story seven out of ten quality ten out of ten i really enjoyed this movie I think it's a very good movie. Yeah. Not quite at like a perfect score. All right. You guys know our scores. We'll head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they've scored. The critics consensus is a long one. Uh, bolstered by powerful lead performances by Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin, and Tommy Lee Jones. No country for old men finds the Coen brothers spinning cinematic gold out of Cormac McCarthy's grim, darkly funny novel. Based off that, what do you think the critics? I'd say 94. Oh, so close. 93. Fuck, I was going to guess. <laughs> that was on 291 reviews and an average score of 8.8 .8 out of 10. The audience score was an 86%. 
on 250,000 ratings and an average score of 4.2 out of 5 or an 8.4 out of 10. Very highly regarded movie in the Rotten Tomatoes world. Yeah. Uh, no, or Letterbox is pretty much the same as the audience. It's a 4.3. Uh, we both gave it a four and a half. Um, our friend Alan gave it a three. Uh, Erica from Horror Cafe gave it a four and a half as well. Or someone has, but there's so many people who have reviewed this movie. Uh, Jensen also gave it a four and a half. Uh, Anthony Here Be Monster gave it a five out of five. And that's pretty much it. Screaming Cinema, five out of five. Actually, I meant I forgot to tell you about this. I actually talked to Alan about his letterbox scores. I said to him, Did I you? Said, I said, Why do you give every movie a fucking three star? Yeah. Every single movie that you have on there is three stars. Yeah. And he, he's <laughs> like, Because those are ones that like I've watched like a long time ago and I just know that I watched them and I wanted to log them, but I couldn't remember what like I would give them oh, for a score. So he okay. just gives them a three. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. So if we ever see him with a higher rated movie, it's one that he's watched recently. Or lower. Or lower, yeah. So there's our explanation for the three stars. All right, you ready for the scare section? Yes, sir. Okay, what did you give this for a scare rating? Scare rating, I'll give it a 3 out of 10. Not like your typical scary movie, but the scenes with Anton have you so locked into the scene and on the edge of your seat that it, it's it's terrifying, man. Mm. The way he acts and talks and carries himself, like yeah. Um, scariest scene. I mean, this one's kind of hard. I'll say mm. pretty much any scene with Anton <laughs> in it. <laughs> I'll say the coin toss scene, just because like okay. that's like the first scene where you kind of hear him like talk with that. All right. Would I survive? It's a tough one <laughs> because he doesn't kill anybody. He just kills people either in his way, or if it's like not the right opportunity. Yeah, but like you could just be driving down the street, and he wants right. your vehicle. Then okay, I probably will not survive. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go with that. All right. How about you? Uh, my scary rating, I give it a four out of ten. Nice. That it's not a scary movie at all, but there's some good suspense and it's a good thriller. Um, and Anton is a terrifyingly accurate portrayal of a psychopath. Um, my scary scene, I just said the scene between Anton and Carson. Like, yeah, not really scary, but just the way that Anton is so like stoic and emotionless and just the way that he talks mm -hmm. and just that whole conversation that they have just, I don't know, give me like yeah. heebie jeebies a little bit. Would I survive? I said, absolutely not. <laughs> There's no way. Cause this, this guy, he just, he doesn't care. He's yeah. just cold blooded, man. Like, like I know he's not just like out on a killing spree, but he kind of is like, yeah, I'm driving down the road. And he likes my vehicle. Yeah. I'm dead. Like, yeah. I mean, if I you're know. dumb enough to fall for a cop pulling it over, and then him getting out with a fucking 
<laughs> canister like that. Not in a cop's uniform. Yeah. But even like he needed a boost with the, mm -hmm. the chicken farmer. I don't yeah. know. Unsuspecting. All right. Well, after I chose this movie, you texted me and asked if I wanted to do a villain face off with mm -hmm. Anton and someone that you had picked out. Yeah. I obviously agreed. So yeah. here we are. This is our first villain face off of 2024. And our first one in a while. Long time. I don't I even our, know what the last one was, to be honest. I think it was Henry in American Psycho, wasn't it? Probably, yeah. I don't know if we've done any since then or not. Yeah, I think so. so. If you're a first-time listener or if you've never listened to any of our Villain Face-Off episodes, here's a quick rundown. Um, we take the character traits from uh, Dungeons & Dragons. So we have strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. And we incorporate that into uh, our protagonist. Yeah. The movie. Antagonist. antagonist. Antagonist of the movie. Uh, so the first one is going to be on Anton. We rate each category out of 30. And then we average it out at the end. And we'll do the same for the next episode. And we'll see who would come out on top. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I think it's easier if I go first, right? Sure. So that he can calculate. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my strength, I was kind of, I didn't know where to go with this. Because you don't see him use physical strength in this movie. So I went with a 15 out of 30. Okay. Kind of in the middle. Yeah. He's a big guy. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. So he probably is strong, but he only really uses his... Uh, airsoft gun thing and his <laughs> shotgun. Yeah. So you don't really get to see his strength, but he does take some damage in this movie. So he's obviously strong in the soul. You know. Yeah. Uh dexterity, I went 18 out of 30. Um there's one scene where he first gets the hotel where he takes his shoes off and he's walking around barefoot. So he is quite on his feet when he needs to be sneaking around and stuff like that. So, and also his like tone is also very quiet. Uh, Constitution, I went 25 out of 30. Uh, the guy just doesn't stop walking and going after people for two hours straight. Like, even after taking bullets to his leg or like having a broken arm, he's just still <laughs> walking away from wherever he needs to be. So like, yeah. 25 out of 30. Right. And I feel like he could also like unscrew his hose from his oxygen tank and use that to like refill his oxygen to get, get, a, get a breath. Yeah, I guess he could. <laughs> really resourceful. I just thought of that. Uh, <laughs> intelligence, I went 20 out of 30. Okay. Um, he's incredibly smart when it comes to like how he goes about things. Like he knows which moves to make in different scenarios. Um, so yeah, uh, wisdom. I went 23 out of 30 from the way he carries himself. It seems like he's been doing this a long time and like his like speech and his lines in like having the coin kind of like is reminiscent of a guy who has a lot of wisdom. Yeah. So. Fair point. And then charisma. I went six out of 30. He's not overly charismatic, but he does have some pretty witty lines. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. 
We weren't too far off in a lot of these. Uh, my strength, I give him an 18. Um, I said he's human. There's nothing supernatural about him or anything like that, but we did see him take a shotgun blast to the leg and continue in with a pursuit. Uh, he gets T-boned in his vehicle and just like fucking slings his arm up and walks away <laughs> like nothing. Um, so he may not have superpowers or anything of that sort, but he sure as fuck has a high pain tolerance. But I kind of attributed that to it. Uh, dexterity, I give him a 14. Um, I said we see him dive out of the way of bullets, get into like a bit of a scuffle sometimes. Um, and like how you mentioned, uh, like he's like he's a silent killer, really. Yes, yeah. Like he blows the fucking uh, locks at a door so he doesn't have to boot mm -hmm. the door in, which is quieter. It's mm -hmm. not silent, but and he's got that big silencer on his gun. Yeah. Very slow in his walking, so his steps are mm -hmm. quiet. Uh, constitution, I gave him a 20. Uh, same, same similar answer as you. I said he's always on the move, walking around and stuff. He's always in mm -hmm. pursuit of somebody. Uh, intelligence, I gave him a 22. Okay. Said he always knows how to find who he's looking for or what he's looking for, whether it's Llewellyn, Carson, Carla. He's very resourceful and his weapons of choice are like super innovative, mm -hmm. badass, and like stuff that he's come up with. We don't see it ever. Uh, Wisdom, I gave him a 24. Okay. Um, I said he's clearly been doing this for a while and he's damn good at it, considering that everybody knows who he is, but nobody mm -hmm. has ever taken him down. Like, he always knows how to get out of these situations or like be one step ahead of everybody else. Charisma, I gave him a ten, uh, 12. Okay. Um, I said he talks like he's dead inside, but he still manages to like, talk people into what he wants them to do i don't know like he's nobody ever just like gives him what he wants but he talks to them long enough and keeps them engaged in conversation long enough mm -hmm. in order for him to get what he wants even 12 nice all right so the average score for each category strength is 16.5 dexterity 16 Constitution's 22.5, Intelligence is 21, Wisdom's 23.5, and Charisma is 9. So, not super strong, not super charismatic, but he's smart as fuck, which I think we can both agree on. All right, you seemed pretty excited for your pick. I mean, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Okay. It's first watch for both of us. Okay. It's... The oldest movie we've ever done on this podcast. Okay. And it's one of the first talkie movies. Oh. It is from 1931. Holy fuck. And it is the movie M. Okay. Yeah, I've seen that on there. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. That's definitely going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is not the route I thought you were going to take. All right. Yeah. So yeah cool i don't even know where we can watch that i mean it's on imdb's top 100 so it must be on somewhere yeah it's probably on like the criterion app i would yeah maybe yeah think. all right cool yeah um yeah you mentioned that it's uh good for us too because we'll be able to knock off a movie from the yeah. imdb stats yeah okay 
All right, so come back in two weeks where we're going to be talking about our oldest movie that we've ever talked about. Yeah. M. Yeah. Okay. That wraps it up. If you guys want to catch us on social media, you can find us at a podcast on Elm Street, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you click the link in our bio on Instagram, you'll find links to our T Public account where we have our merch. There's also a link to our Patreon account if you wish to support the podcast that way. And there's links to our individual letterbox accounts, our Discord server, and anywhere that you can listen to us. <sighs> yes, sir. Thanks for listening. Yep, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. See you later.